listening to WMNF Tampa, music and news. weekend security conference in Germany, international leaders expressed widespread support for Ukraine, including contributing more military aid in its fight against Russia. The U.S. meantime suspects China has been helping support Russia in its invasion. Secretary of State Antony Blinken met with China's top diplomat and says he warned him of consequences if Beijing is supplying material support to Moscow. We've been watching this very closely. To date, we have seen Chinese companies, and of course in China there's really no distinction between private companies and the state, we have seen them provide non-lethal support to Russia for use in Ukraine. The concern that we have now is based on information we have that they're considering providing lethal support, and we've made very clear to them that that causes a serious problem for us and in our relationship. President Biden leaves for Poland tomorrow to commemorate the first year of the war. For its part, China is warning the U.S. of consequences if it escalates the controversy over the balloon sent by Beijing. The U.S. military shot it down after it traversed over the U.S., calling it a spy balloon. China maintains it was for civilian purposes and that it blew off course. The U.S. and South Korean militaries held joint exercises today. NPR's Anthony Kuhn reports from Seoul that it follows North Korea's first intercontinental ballistic missile launch since November. The U.S. and South Korea mobilized F-35 fighters and at least one B-1B supersonic bomber. The exercises were in response to the North's test launch of a Hwasong-15 ICBM the day before. The missile was launched at a steep angle. It traveled some 614 miles east, but reached a maximum altitude of 3,584 miles. Also Sunday, the North's leader Kim Jong-un's sister, Kim Yo-jong, warned of an overwhelming response to any hostile acts against Pyongyang. The U.S. and South Korea are scheduled to hold tabletop exercises at the Pentagon on Wednesday, simulating a North Korean nuclear attack. Anthony Kuhn, NPR News, Seoul. Former President Jimmy Carter is spending his final days at home in Plains, Georgia. As NPR's Grace Newton reports, Carter is receiving hospice care there. At 98 years old, Carter is the longest-living former U.S. president. And according to the Carter Center, the former peanut farmer turned politician decided after a series of short hospital stays that he would receive hospice care instead of additional medical intervention. The former president has suffered from a series of health challenges in recent years, including cancer and a broken hip. Carter was the 39th U.S. president, serving from 1977 to 1981. He grew up in rural Georgia, where he served as governor before defeating incumbent Gerald Ford in the 1976 presidential election. Carter dedicated his last decades to public service, including founding the Carter Center, which focuses on fighting disease and promoting peace. Grace Newton, NPR News. This is NPR News. Michigan's Republican Party has elected an election doubter to be its next leader. Michigan Public Radio's Colin Jackson has more on Christina Caramo. Karamo rose to prominence as part of the so-called Stop the Steal movement, questioning the results of the 2020 presidential election, despite several audits confirming the outcome. Last year, she unsuccessfully ran for Secretary of State as a grassroots candidate critical of party establishment. She kept up that message while making her case for chair. We act like a private social club. We don't care that our children will face the consequences of the decisions that we make, and it is selfish. Some party members have raised concerns Karamo's positions would scare away donors, leading to more losses like those Michigan Republicans faced last election. For NPR News, I'm Colin Jackson in Lansing. 
Families have begun to lay to rest the victims of last week's mass shooting at Michigan State University. Three students were killed. In Chicago last night, hundreds of students and alumni gathered to remember. Carlin Kelly went to MSU and was among those who spoke. Remember that we are resilient, strong, and built the Spartans' will. Several students wounded in Monday's attack remain hospitalized in critical condition. More than 300,000 bottles of Starbucks vanilla frappuccino have been recalled because they might contain shards of glass. PepsiCo, which initiated the recalls, says the drinks are not sold in Starbucks stores, but are being removed from the shelves of other retailers. They have expiration dates ranging from March of this year to June. And you're listening to NPR News. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include Imaginable Futures, celebrating the hard work, commitment, and achievements of the one in five college students who are parents. More at imaginablefutures.com. And the Limelson Foundation. This is WMNF Tampa 88.5 FM, Community Conscious Radio. This is Gianna Russo, wordsmith of the city of Tampa. And you're listening to Poetry Is on 88.5 FM WMNF. Hi, this is Angela B. from WMNF. Great news. WMNF is hosting the Caribbean Cruise Music Benefit Festival taking place at Skipper Smokehouse Saturday, March 11th. Doors open at 7 p.m. Showtime, 8 p.m. Live band, Impulse, Thickly Rivera and Island Chill. DJ with DJ Spice. Special performance by Crazy, flying in from Trinidad and Tobago, alongside Renegade. Sponsored by Black Label Security. Tickets is $20 in advance and $25 at the door. For more information or to be a vendor, contact WMNF.org or 813-238-8001. See you there. WMNF 88.5 FM presents Tropical Heat Wave at the Cuban Club in Ybor City, May 6th this year. Check us out at WMNF.org for advanced virtual tickets on sale now. $40 in advance, $50 at the door at the Cuban Club. It was 60 years ago that the Beatles released their first album, Please Please Me. To celebrate, WMNF is putting on a tribute to the Beatles, 60 years, 60 songs. All at Skipper Smokehouse, Saturday, March 25th. Seventeen bands will do their renditions of the Beatles. You'll hear rock, folk, blues, jazz, rockabilly, punk, bluegrass, ukulele, reggae, and more. One thing I can tell you is you got to be free. Come together right now over me. It's the WMNF tribute to the Beatles like no one else can do. 60 years, 60 songs. Saturday, March 25th, Skipper Smokehouse, Doors at 5, Music at 6. Information and tickets at WMNF.org or 813-238-8001. Right now, you are tuned to the Sunday Forum and we're talking to... about the NAACP and all sorts of other stories and updates that we are going to get to. So give us a call at one three two three nine nine six six three, or you can write us DJ at WMNF.org Walter L. Smith is your host and we are in the Sunday Forum. Walter? Alright, we're back. We're back at nine minutes after the hour, 9.09, this beautiful Sunday morning, right here on WMNF at 8.5, Tampa, Sarasota, St. Pete. <sighs> you know, we did get somebody oh. who wrote us. Okay. We did? <laughs> yeah, there's somebody who wrote us, and he said he's a lifelong Southern white man who loves the Civil War. And he mentioned northern aggression was the term because they invaded the South 
quote, war between the states because they came from the north. Any person who says the war was anything less than about slavery, parentheses, free labor, no wonder we were rich, <laughs> is either misinformed or misguided. Of course, is it was racist and keeping humans in slavery. Didn't start out a boy thinking that, but as a man, I've learned learning history is hard. He said, bless us. And he doesn't agree with every point and not supposed to, I guess. But he enjoys the show. And that's what we want. And we got many more people who've written us. The other point he wanted to make is the common Confederate flag we see today. It was barely used in battles and was very late in the war. Um, And I do think there were a couple of versions of it. That was the battle flag, of course. And... um, Somebody has written about the Pan-African Congress saying that, I guess he got it from Wikipedia, it was in Paris, not London, I don't believe so. I think that the original was, one was, was in, London. in London. It was in London. <laughs> in London. It was definitely in London. <laughs> but you can call us, 813-239-9663. This is a Sunday forum, and this is where we hash it all out. All right, we're going to hash it out. Listen, we're in the studio. We, we have a, a wonderful opportunity here to speak to the President and first vice president of the NAACP um, uh, Hillsborough County branch right here. We are so glad to have you guys with us. Listen, I got I, I got to share this with you. I got to share this with you. So, um, I was online and I was I was talking to you guys about this on the break, right? I was online and I found this this uh, video, right, on a Fox News interview. Oh Lord. Fox News is bad for your health, man. It is, man. It is. It really is. But this is hilarious. And, and what was and what was funny about it? Well, I'm gonna let you be the judge of it. I'm gonna let you be the judge of it. It only takes a few seconds. So, so let's let's play this. It, it, this is between a conversation between the white female commentator and a and her her black guest that's on the on the show that she believed was going to take her side on this particular issue. Okay. <laughs> so, we, this is in Texas. So, hang tight. Here it is. On that state crime, and then they... He shit about Mexicans, <laughs> and he got pissed off. Governor Abbott's of desk and has been signed by Governor Abbott. Uh, basically, the anti-sanctuary city bill has been passed and is now law. And what that bill says is that if local law enforcement or state police uh, view a criminal activity afoot, they stop, they make a stop on that state crime, and then they can inquire into the status of an individual's residence. Are they uh, a lawful U.S. citizen? Are they here with a green card? Are they a permanent resident alien? Or are they here illegally without documentation? And if they are here illegally without that documentation, then the feds can get involved and then they can take it from there. I think this is a fantastic law. It is time to start enforcing the laws that are on the books instead of the state and local officials legislating from their own little tiny offices. It's an awful law because it's nothing more than a legal way for law enforcement to racially profile Mexicans and Hispanics. This law was written into existence by Governor Abbott to specifically go after a said group of demographics here in the state of Texas. Secondly, it is awful that we want to call them illegal immigrants to the point to where if a cop does not do his job according to this law, he can be charged and arrested and the cities can be given a $25,000 fine per day. Well, we'll put a cop in jail for not asking about his immigrant status, but we won't put cops in jail for shooting and killing unarmed black people. That's not true. And Thirdly, that's way, way I too think far of a step. Murder is against the law. Yeah, now. but it's not against the law when you kill black people and you're a cop. See, the problem in America and this state is... What about is, the Dallas case where that cop was just because charged Because there with was murder. video to show he was absolutely lying. So you can't lying. make these broad statements. No, it's just because simply often, not true. often there's video, ma'am, where we are killed by cops and nobody ever goes to jail. Ask Eric Garner family that. Ask the family right there in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Brother Alton Sterling's family, but your they're not getting not justice. So video don't mean nothing for us. Your but let's get back to the immigrants. I would say to the Hispanic and Mexican community, what you got to do now, hook up with the black community 
and unite in political power because of Mexicans and black people unite in Texas. We can control the governor. We can control the lieutenant governor and we can control politics in Texas, period. I'm saying to Latino brothers and sisters, don't fight them by yourself. If you hook up with black people and we unite, I'm telling you, we can run Texas and then pass laws to deal with those who hate us. You're advocating for criminal activity, Quanell. These people are not here lawfully. They need to do what our ancestors did, what many Mexicans have done. No, 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 what no, many, no, 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 many, many, don't interrupt Your me. Your ancestors I, came here legally. Wasn't nothing yep. legal about your ancestors. Listen. They came illegally and they murdered, they raped, they pillaged a whole race of people. This country, Texas, Arizona, California belongs okay. to Mexicans. Well, no. get back it was to the stole point. from get, them. You so tell me you to get back to ancestors, the point. They came no, no, here no, illegally. you're not being fair to me here. You say stay on topic. I say, okay, we'll stay on topic. And then as soon as we start talking about illegal immigration, you go back to, to the black issue. Let's stay on topic. Your ancestors are the me, master illegal immigrants. Give me the opportunity to respond <laughs> in that, you know what? We're all Americans here. And if you are here legally, absolutely. Then we need to come together and we need to pass good laws for enforcing the law. Well, perhaps okay. the Native Americans should have passed and laws against your ancestors. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man. Okay. Listen, I had she to play. She got pushback. I had to play. Okay. Yvette Lewis, President Yvette Lewis, how you doing? I am wonderful, Walter. Wonderful. <laughs> doing great. What did you think about that? Well, you know, <laughs> the bottom line is, is that um, it's sad that we are still having that conversation right yes. now today. Yeah. Um, but notice what the gentleman said. He told the Mexicans and Hispanics to all come together and work with black folks. And so we can all rise above this. But they have been doing that for a long time because um, white women joined the civil rights movement and they got their rights to vote before we did and everything has always failed on the backs of black folks fighting and and gaining stuff but yet we didn't get it other races got it before we did it before we did so you know i just say um they come with us and walk with us and we carry the largest stick but then they get the benefits of it before we do. Right, yeah. right. Every time. Mm -hmm. That was every time. It's, 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 it's an age-old argument, isn't it? It is, because, uh, I mean... They have the one thing that we can't hide behind. They have the skin pigmentation. Mm -hmm. See, we can't hide behind that. They can, um, you know, they can assimilate and get close to, you know, they can look white. I can't look white. And so when they look white, only until they identify or say who they are, then they begin to get treated the way that I get treated. Because as soon as I walk in a room, without a shadow of a doubt, you sight. know I'm a black guy. But until Enrique begins to speak or, you know, Felipe begins to speak or any of those who walk alongside of us in this fight, until they begin to speak, that's when they say, oh, and we can't hide we, we we can't hide and and we don't hide our blackness, but yet that's how they begin to benefit from 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 our from our struggles. Absolutely, absolutely. So, what's going on? Well, you know, Walter, <clears throat> there's a lot going on. So, first of all, I want to say February the twelfth was not just. Um, Super Bowl day, but it was the NAACP National Founders Day. And, you know, you talked about W.E.B. Du Bois, which was uh, one of our founders. And so um, this organization has been around for 114 years. Absolutely. And not to mention the fact that Du Bois is also the, the founder and the, the publisher of the NAACP's the magazine. Crisis, the yeah. crisis. crisis magazine. Mm -hmm. right. So, you know, we've been around a long time. I always say this. We're the only organization that had that fight to put ourselves out of business. And so, and we're here. <laughs> <laughs> we fight, <laughs> you know. Unfortunately, you know, it's still going on in year 2023. Um, we ask that everybody, one, we're getting ready for our political forum, well, our community forum. And our community forum, we're going to have the city council candidates come out and talk about um, 
what's going on, what they are looking for and how we should uh, support them. And, you know, and the community is going to ask them some questions regarding an African-American and uh, and regarding our life here in Tampa. And so I encourage everyone to come out because I promise you what they tell us at our political forums is different from what they tell the people in South Tampa at their political forums and um, New Tampa and their political forums. Come listen to what they tell us because a lot of them, they come to our neighborhoods and they give us a lot of promises. But when they win, the majority of them, they just empty promises and forgotten thoughts. I'm just saying, Walter. I, you know, um, as as one who's actually been in that position mm-hmm. of of being a candidate, one of the things I made sure that I was I was I was in you know, at all times was consistent. Yes, that's one thing that I that I that I hold true to is being consistent. Uh, and, and I think that that's that's very very important. Transparency, you know, you can't pay for transparency, man. Mm-hmm. Really can't. Transparency is something that that uh, that we must have, uh, and and the priority of our communities. That or but yet, let me put it this way: our communities being a priority mm-hmm. is a major problem for some people. That we we got we have a it's always been a problem. For our communities to be a priority when money is dealt out uh, or budgets are dealt out for programs and things like that to to happen. But it's not when they want to vote. Right. It's not a priority when they want our vote and want our support. Um, You'd be surprised at the... um, you know how many people are running for office run to the church and and they want to stand in the church and you know and then they run to every black event and then they want to sing the national anthem you know of lift every voice they want to do all of that but when we when they get in office i'm not saying all of them but the majority of them seldom um remember those promises that they give or they gave out to the community. But transparency is a really big thing. Um, I love the fact that our mayor came out with transparency. She wants to be transparent. Um, But I'm a little conflicted on it because, you know, the community, the people have been asking for more um, subpoena power for the Citizen Review Board, Walter. Mm -hmm. And they have also um, come out and asked for legal, uh, their own independent general counsel. So, um, you know, when they say, what is the NACP doing? There's a lot that we're doing. These are some of the demands that we're doing. But, Walter, I have to say this. As the president of this organization, and I've been the president for two thousand since 2017, when people say, what are y'all doing? My question is to them is, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because we're working, but we can do a whole lot more work when you show up. Right. A, to city council, county commission, school board meetings. Um, better yet, show up to the, to the meetings. Um, and the most important question is, are you a member? So the NAACP, Hillsborough County branch, is the, low, the largest branch in the state of Florida. And we've been around for over 100 years in the state of Florida. Um, our, found, our year of founding is 1907, I think. It, yeah, 1907. No, not 1912. I'm sorry. 1912. Yeah. But we are here. And um, like I said, we ain't going nowhere. But we ask that people get involved. Um, there's a lot that we're doing. And, um, you know, we're here to share our concerns as well. We fight. We fight. We advocate. And that's what we do. So what, what, so what, what, what are we doing right now? Let's, so let's, 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 let's take a deeper dive. Yeah. yeah. Let's take a deeper dive. Um, so with regard to the Citizens of Review Board, mm-hmm. right, um, you know, we have not seen the type of violence overtly. Not, 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 and at least it's not 
it's not publicized mm-hmm. anyway. The type of violence uh, with the police that we see, you know, in other places, mm-hmm. we just haven't seen it. It's not publicized, or it's not well publicized if it if it does exist, which I'm pretty sure it does. Um, mm-hmm. What do we do, or what are we doing about making sure that 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 this that these things are resolved? Or that this is resolved. You see, you see, in the meantime, while we have, while we're fighting for a citizens review board that's powerful, mm-hmm. right? That has its power. The question then becomes: How do we? What can we do as a community to rally around the NAACP or rally around these issues and do what needs to be done to correct it? What what what, what can we do? So one thing it is, um, yeah, we do have a lot of problems within our Tampa Police Department. Um, and a lot of them may not make the news and some of them do, some of them don't. But our office gets a, um, we get quite a bit of calls on the Tampa Police Department. So what we try to do is put those fires out. Um, right now within the department, we, we, you talk about transparency, but a lot of people don't know and um, didn't realize that Tampa Police Department within itself has 15, 15 civil rights complaints within the department. Wow. Yeah, currently going on. Open cases, okay? There's a big case tomorrow um, that's going up uh, for a hearing at 9 o'clock at the courthouse. So Tampa Police Department has a problem within itself. So when you talk about transparency, let's be full transparent. So when we get these calls into our office of police mistreatment, police over-excessiveness, police rudeness, or police, uh, we get them in, we try to put those fires out. So we try to have a relationship, at least a talking relationship the NACP with Tampa Police Department to try to put these fires out. Um, but a citizen review board, an oversight board, it helps our office a great deal. And it helps calm the waters that the community knows that there's somebody is watching over them. And hopefully we won't escalate to a news footage or a news coverage where uh, a a black person has been killed um, in the hands of the police de- police department. And then later on, they always say, oh, it was, um, you know, those famous words, justifiable homicide. So right. that's what I'm saying. You, you know, Walter, you, you ask, what can we do um, as a community? I, I retired from the Navy after 28 years. And the one thing I'll say is when I got the orders to go put boots on ground in Kuwait, I didn't know what I was doing. All I knew is I was ordered to go to Kuwait and put boots on the ground and do the work. And so when you ask what can we do, what can the community do, we need you to be we need the community to put boots on ground. See, because right now what what I see happening is everyone keeps saying, What is NAACP doing? As the Madam President said, What are you doing? This this fight is bigger than just a handful of people. Mm-hmm. We need the community at large to understand that, as stated previously, this is the oldest organization who has been standing in the gap for the rights of colored people. And even more so, it's the oldest and only organization who stands in the gap for black people. Yes, you got a lot of other organizations that are in the community. You got a lot of organizations who are who have an objective or maybe even a hidden agenda. But when you scale this back, we were talking earlier today about heritage and family. When you scale this thing back, at the end of the day, NAACP is all these organizations' grandmama. Mm-hmm. So when you when you when you go home down south, or when I go to my hometown, East St. Louis, I show up at grandmama house. Right. Everybody come to grandmama house to eat, and they know grandmama got the good food. So why not come? And hook up with grandmama, the NAACP, so that those things that you're trying to push your agenda and your organization's agenda, why don't we align accordingly? And now we can fight this beast. You know, as Martin Luther King said um, in one of his previous speeches, we can't fight alone. 
we can't do all this by ourselves. We need others. We need you to come on board and, 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 and stop looking at it from a me and a my situation and start looking at it from a position of how can we all help with this big hairy monster that we all trying to fight, the local police the governor and the craziness that he's doing. We we must align. And then without that alignment, we're gonna fall apart. Mm-hmm. No question about that. No question about that. We um it, it's been suggested that we <laughs> some people would suggest that we police ourselves. In our own community. Uh, what, well, what, I think, uh, Walter, there's a need for us to not just police ourselves, but there's a need for us to oversee ourselves and what's going on. And that's what we're here about. And that's what the NACP is. So we oversee a lot that goes on in the city of Tampa, actually in Hillsborough County, because we cover all of Hillsborough County, this NAACP branch. So there is a need for more soldiers in the field with us. There is a need for more people to get on board um, as opposed to stop standing back, pointing fingers or coming at, you know, so we're moving forward. This branch here, this administration is moving forward. And like the first vice said here, without the NAACP, those who are asking the questions, what are you doing? They wouldn't be able to ask those questions. The question is, when they say, what are you doing? You're able to sit in your job. You're able to go down to city council. You're able to hold your event. Had it not been for the four founders of the NAACP who fought for you to get that go there to exercise your voice in this day and age, you wouldn't be saying that to us. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just break it down to you like my mother would say, don't get beside yourself, son. <clears throat> Little girl, know your place and know your lane because we still, what do you say? The grandmother Definitely. of the organization. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but this is here. We all need people. We all need everybody to come in and join and be a part. And we over looking at the Han- the Hannah project. We're looking at also at the um, the Fair Oaks project, making sure that people get an equal share, an equal part of their um, of of what's going on when it comes to contracts building. We oversee all of that, and we're looking at it extremely well. We're also looking at the fact that we're trying to keep our history relevant and prominent within the city of Tampa. And they keep erasing our history, or they keep... Um, Jeopardizing. Yeah. Endangering. Watering watering our history down because it don't look good, or that's... That was then, this is now. So, and I say this. Can you give me an example of that? If it was Fair Oaks when we were growing up, it should be Fair Oaks now. Don't take it back because you now want to put a new swing set over there. And then, but in order to entice people who don't look like us, because those are the people who are coming into our community, you want to change the name to make it better for you or to make it more presentable. If we grew up on Fair Oaks then, what's the problem with it now? Stay Fair Oaks. Okay. What, what, and, and, and so I, I think I know what you're alluding to in regard to that, the projects and things like that that are taking mm. place. And, and, and we see that same dynamic in West Tampa. In West Tampa, same, same mm-hmm. thing. They, they want to call historic West Tampa NoHo. Yeah. North Howard. How, do, how did we lose our, our, our value? Right. You, this, but, but you know what? Again, this is this is historical when you think about it. And, and a lot of you don't realize it. We all right now have a, our cell phone, our cell phone, our alphabets that started from the Phoenicians back in back in Africa. They erased the Phoenicians off the earth, the most powerful people on the earth. And they erased them off the earth. So if you can erase them off, these are just when you say you got a big elephant in the room. This is what's happening today. You eat the elephant one bite at a time. But see, if the NAACP didn't stand in the gap of you nibbling at the at, at this elephant, they would consume us with one bite. 
So we stand in that gap and we constantly are fighting on so many fronts. You know, our military strategy is you try to get someone to do a flank or you'll get someone that, you know, you got the Navy that's on the on the sea. You got the army that's on land. See, that's what we need soldiers to do now, because if we don't do that, if we don't all get together with our strategic plan and align accordingly, we will be just like the Phoenicians. We'll be the Tampa version of the Phoenicians. We'll be erased off the map. I mean, what's the gentleman's name over um, um, Dobyville? Oh, yeah. Mr. Richard Doby erased and now is what Soho come on how how, how do you yeah. just sub plan and release I mean remove a whole family generation of wealth and the things that he did in that in that community Robert City right you know uh, oh yeah be careful because we got Booker T Washington school is standing in the middle of a major development Right. So, and we got the Robert Saunders Library, who is also in the middle of a major development. So let's be careful. Because, see, they'll start with one little piece and they say, well, you know, we didn't get no pushback with that. Or we only got just a couple people pushing back. Mm -hmm. We're going to keep rising up. And let me tell you what, how they do it. Let me tell you how they do it. Because this has been done through many years and they have continued to do this. They will pluck that one lonesome person mm. to stand there mm. and speak out and say, this is what black folks want. This is what. And then next thing you know, that person is on every campaign paraphernalia and and sitting lovely. And this is not what we ask for in what? our community. So my thing is stop trying to erase our history because it's not pretty to you. Stop trying to take our history away because it don't look good to you. Um, it's yeah, because it's an inconvenience to you. Don't do that. We need to be all trying to preserve the history of Tampa. And you got Memorial Cemetery. We're fighting with that, with the Memorial How Cemetery. How does that even happen? <laughs> How does that even happen? You know, I, 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 I do. You know the person, the people who remain nameless here. But I asked that question. I was like, How, "What the hell?" So like, it happened because the city never wanted to take ownership of it, mm-hmm. and 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 they never wanted to take ownership of it. And I get it. They said it's an expense, but you know, there's many things that goes on. So there's a lot of things that are a expense to the city, but it wasn't important to the city. But it was important to black folks. But black folks, some were speaking out and some wasn't. But now we have lost it to a private developer. Now it's up to us to fight to get it back. So the NAACP is definitely in conversation with with the gentleman who purchased it. And we're trying to figure out something and some uh, how what's our next move and what it is. Do you know his name? Yes, and but can I it, be, it cannot be publicized. Yeah, right? I don't. I don't want to say his name, but mm-hmm. but um, but he he understands. You know, we've been talking with him quite a bit. He understands, and the key is trying to get the city to understand and um, and where we go from here, and how do we go from here um, with dealing with Memorial Cemetery? If is is it a uh, so? First of all, let's talk about this, these cemeteries. These cemeteries are not forgotten. These cemeteries are not, were not pushed away. These cemeteries were stolen, stolen from the black owners and given back to the white owners. And so that's where a lot of these cemeteries came from. They were stolen from the people, Mm. uh, our people, and given back to them, uh, the, the white owners. And it was done by... Most of them were done by people who were in city council or planning to run for office because we all know who Nick Nucio was. And so he's behind, I think, three of them. So my thing is, who is going to tell my story? Who is going to tell my history? And why isn't... um, why Why don't? We talk about the governor not wanting to talk about black history, but let's talk about the city of Tampa don't want to tell about it. Let's, let's, that's just as relevant. Mm-hmm. Let's, why aren't we, the city of Tampa, telling 
about our black history. You know, you got a museum down there uh, in the city, uh, a, a Tampa museum, but not once. There's no mention of the NAACP in there. But funny you should say that. Mm-hmm. Funny you should say that. Now, you know, as, as you know, um, me being the environmental guy, right? Mm-hmm. I've had this thing with the energy company, mm-hmm. right? With, with Deco. And according to their website, they gave $250,000 to the city of Tampa for a black history exhibit to be done in the history museum. I didn't I didn't make it up. Mm. That's actually in the website. Have you seen that? Exhibit? No. Mm-mm. See, uh, I, uh, now I understand. Did you see did you did you hear what I said in terms of where the money went? Yeah. Okay. Why didn't it come if that was the case, why didn't it come to us number one? Number two, why you know, I think one of the things that, and, and where I'm getting at with this is this is a twofold mm-hmm. issue, right? One is to do something to placate us and to distract us. So we show you the, the shiny coin here, while at the same time, um, we're establishing a situation, a living situation that is impossible for you. So, you get my point. You talk about that shiny coin. So let me t- let's bring this back to you. So, one, I want to commend the museum, Tampa Museum, down there, History Museum. They are. I think they have a month. They're dedicating to each of the Divine Nine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Once again, NAACP has been here since what nineteen oh nine. So. Because of the work that we did here, we they were able to stand there. And it's funny, the organization that advocates the most, that fight the most, you throw shiny pieces in front of other people, other organizations, and then you um, put them out there to do that. So... To me, it looks like um, it's a divide and conquer. Mm. That's what it looks like, what Mm. they are doing or they're trying to portray, to divide and conquer. Um, But one thing I can say with my brothers and sisters, the Divine Nine, I'm going to always love and stand with them. And so, um, but the city, uh, what they're doing is um, trying to divide us by showing these little nice little shiny things they're recognizing them they're doing that which is great you should have been doing this the whole time well, well you know I, I I see this from a from the same position but here's the, the term that I that keeps coming through my head is value mm-hmm. they don't see the, the they are disrespecting and or devaluing what we bring to the table. And so you can ta- you can attempt to take advantage of people. Why are you why is it that you gave this money to the art museum but you didn't consider having a conversation with us to say, "Hey, what do you think is best?" There's no different than if, you know, if I can kind of spin, it's no different than the school board making the decisions that they have made here recently and they didn't come and have the conversation with us. You know, you you decided to go forward with agendas and different things, but yet you didn't come and speak with us to ask us, hey, what do you think about this? Mm. And so when you don't have a the, the right value proposition on an organization or even on a person, you just do stuff. And and that's where I keep seeing and hearing what's happening with the, with, you know, when you look at the governor and his craziness, you look at, you know, the school board, you look at all these different entities who are moving with their own hidden agendas, they they tend to, from my position, you devalue us. But up until we show up and put boots on ground, <laughs> that's when you start realizing we didn't woken we didn't, we have awakened a sleeping giant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let, let's actually we got so that's a good point. Let's go to the phone lines. We have some calls here. Go ahead, caller. You're on the Sunday forum. Go ahead, Billy. You handle it. <laughs> <laughs> right, Ron, what's up, man? 
Hey, good morning, everybody. Uh, yeah, it's a nice day to be a beautiful day in God's country. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, that's what everybody forget anyway. I tell you, they, they beat that in your head. You can hear they accept it as a slave, and a lot of people accept it now, and they still beating it in your head. You don't know who the creator and who made all things equal for everybody. <laughs> there was no division. The division came a long time ago, and uh, the, the miss. Uh, the, the head of the NAACP, she's directly on point because what happens, and, and this is going to tie into everything, even the uh, getting rid of uh, uh, talking about black people. I mean, I was talking to a lady the other day, and she was an agriculture teacher. She was Caucasian. And I was telling her, we, we talked about the CRT thing a little bit, and she didn't like it, that they took it, was messing with that at all. And she taught agriculture. And I mentioned to her, well, how would kids know about Eli Whitney? And she said, oh, in agriculture, they know. I'm going to tell them. And I said, yeah, he, he he had nothing, literally. And he made something that right now all the name labels cost X amount of dollars because of Eli Whitney. They ain't going to tell that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Anything they wear that Levi jeans, Eli Whitney, dog, he's wearing the cowboy hat, whatever. Everything we make and take for ourselves, they take it back or they try to circumvent it or divert it from you and yeah they have some people that's been successful by exploiting and everybody want to exploit to get where they at personally ronnie griffin ain't really got to do all of that there because i see what they're not looking at and i see what they don't see and they don't want to act it it's not so much are you being woke as conscious of this stuff they're doing mm -hmm. a lot of it is like i'm telling people it's low frequency stuff mm -hmm. like in our community they want us to act with aggression and anger toward each other, which is the lowest frequency of any animal. Of yes. any animal, if he feels threatened. Why are you threatened while you're your own people? Mm. Dog. Dog. Mm. You want to be called that? Flip it backwards and then we mm. call it ourselves God. See? But we're not looking at stuff like that. We're taking the most easiest route. And they have taken the most easiest route. Uh, after I get off, Walter, would you please tell them who... Uh, September Severius was, or whatever his last name Severus. Yeah. When he went and saved Rome, they put his figure in the Roman cathedral, and when people go there, he's portrayed as a Caucasian or a Greek. But he was actually from Africa, a black man. And he had to save Rome's booty. And when he saved Rome's booty, <laughs> you don't know that history. Nobody don't know who he is when you go there. And it was a Caucasian man who brought it out that he was the most a dominant figure in their history, in their history. Who the most dominant figure in this history? They're not doing that because uh, this and that. They don't want to see you be who you're supposed to be or succeed like you can't handle it. Mm. Well, what they said one time with Jack Nichols, you can't handle the truth. They can't handle the truth, man. Mm. What you want? Just tell it like yeah. it is now. You can't handle the truth because if you have the truth, we wouldn't be going through this. It ain't nothing but a diversion anyway because I'll tell you this and get off this phone because this is why I call Miss uh, Stevens, I think is her name, and others who are listening. And, and when you say it ain't personal, it is personal because I've been on this drive before a lot of people. And then I had to fight for my phone and fight for papers and stuff like that, which people don't see. They don't know my history. But one thing that I do know is that we have attorneys in this state and in this county in particular, they be all on TV and everything, and they have literally ripped my family off. From their wealth, they took it. I know what they did. They took the money and and converted or subverted, they call it, and told us lies. And they tell me, I told my son when they was doing it to him and my daughters, everybody. They do that, and what what they'll do if a, a man and a woman going through something and something happens, they'll uh, give the woman something to exploit her and make her think, well, something wrong with you. They they, they and that's big in the south. Something's wrong with you. Ain't nothing wrong with me. You're not seeing what they're doing. You're not watching what they're playing on us. Right, the, the, that's the shiny coin. Mm -hmm. The shiny, shiny coin syndrome. Yeah. They're distractions that are placed in front of us. And, and thank you very much, Juan. We appreciate you, man. There, there's right. there's something, something shiny put in front of me. I, I, I give, so so to, to go a little mm -hmm. deeper with that. Um, so I deal with the environmental stuff a lot, right? Mm -hmm. And people fail to see the connection between the environmental issues and everything that goes that's going on around that is correct it has to do with from the police situation right on down to the the lights that turn that go off and on in mm -hmm. your house and with air you breathe and food you eat so so as we as we look at that and we look at that issue consider that um 
I can say I gave this much to such and such a group, um, and and so um, so you know. But really, what they're doing is they're having you give praise to that or pay attention to that, and not pay attention to the fact that there's an energy burden that somebody has to bear for for what they're doing. So that goes back to this. Um, people give you donations. Then when they give you donations, other people or the person who gave you the donations um, expect for you to sit quiet and be quiet. Right. Moms, they don't right. say nothing. Right. So, you know, the NAACP, we're a volunteer organization. All of our people are volunteers. We are all volunteers. No one gets paid. But we receive donations. But one of the things I can tell you that I tell everybody because you donate to this organization, that doesn't mean that we don't hold you accountable mm-hmm. for your actions and for your beings and how you treat the people in your organization, how you treat the people, your employees, how you treat uh, the people in the streets. That don't mean we don't hold you accountable. You didn't buy us. You right. did not. You didn't buy us. Thank right. you, First <laughs> President. I appreciate that's that. What I that's, so, that's, what, that's what people yeah. need to hear. We need to know... That's exactly what the situation is. We need to know that 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 action. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? That that's 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 wonderful to know to, to hear that and to know that and and to see that the action that, that we're going to see out of this administration mm-hmm. is going to be one that's going to be that yeah. explosive uh, and that that uh, and I say explosive because uh, that is dynamic. Yeah. That is dynamic. You, so, you and, about and we've hit the ground running. And like the school district, we're fighting the school district on these boundaries. We're going um, after them because a lot of them, it doesn't, it, we, had a, we had a meeting with them and we told them you're going to have to um, pause, reset, and restart some of this process all over again. And that's, that's something that the first vice had, uh, had pointed out. And we, we, we gonna, we're going to continue fighting them. Um, so we do have people that we're working with um, and that they give us donations. I'll talk about the sheriff department. They donate to the branch. Right. But we fight them, too. Now, do they come with a smile when they fight? No, they don't. But... They listen, they, and we help get issues resolved, and we expect that to be held with the, the rest because it's all about accountability. Right. If you're not afraid of accountability, if you're saying what you're doing is right, then let's be held accountable. But the NACP, we're going to be fighting no matter what. We get funding. We do from the city, the county, or whatever. But we still have to hold everybody accountable. What kind of new stuff are we, got, are we looking at then? Like, like um, what, what's coming down the pipeline that's new? That's new? Let's see. I'm excited because we're getting ready to launch our AXO program pack. So we are definitely looking for students in competition. Yes, from the 9th to the 12th grade and all different um, arts and culture and STEM programs. So... That is, that's, we're getting ready to launch that bag. Who, who's leading that? Who's leading that operation? Uh, Lynette Judge. She okay. is our IXO chair. Okay. Uh, and shout out, let me just say this real quick. I just want to give a shout out to um, James Cole and Juwan Cole, who were uh, head of the IXO program yes. before. They really did a lot to, to bring that program up and the youth program mm-hmm. up uh, through IXO. Tremendous job, tremendous job. A lot of sacrifice went in, into mm-hmm. having to make that what it was. Right. So I'm glad you said that. Everything, every leader, every executive committee member and officer of the NACP is dealing with a lot of sacrifice with this organization. Mm-hmm. So we're not like other organizations that we get paid. This is truly a sacrifice. Um, I just got a text from a young lady, and she was like, I'll see you at church at 10 o'clock. So I'm here. We are sacrificing a lot. This gentleman here, you know, he got family member here. So we are here. We sacrifice a lot. Um, What we do in this community and a lot of our our families um, go through it. Um, and and I tell his beloved wife, you gotta have to share him. 
You know, <laughs> See, we we yeah. have. Yeah, yeah. When you ask what's new, we we we're moving forward. We got a lot of people don't realize we got a, we have twenty two committee chairs in the NAACP, and that's twenty two individuals who are leading a charge on something. So we're standing that com- those committees up. We're, we're putting the right people in the right places so that those committees can go forward and they can fight. And they can go forward and they can make a difference within those different committees. Um, that That's huge because now what that does, having utilizing the human capital and putting those human persons in that right space, that allows our president to go forward and be as valuable in those bigger fights because now she don't have to carry all those different buckets of water so so having that available is going to be huge and and speaking on today being sunday and getting texts to come to church what what i see what is happening in our community is every all our christians we're we're, we're too busy being churched we're too busy being churched and too busy trying to make our escape to heaven by view of praying or or via the Holy Spirit or whatever it may take. We're too busy looking to get to heaven that we don't mean earth any good. Mm. And until we understand that analogy, you know, he said, do occupy now. So occupy now means, hey, come stand in this gap because you won't make it to heaven if you don't do what you're supposed to do here on earth. And a lot of people don't realize that when I went to the national convention last year, it was it, it, my eyes were open. The average age bracket there was nine to twenty-five, and then from fifty-five to Jesus. So you had a large gap of the population who would be a strong force that was missing. Now you find that same population. Where do you find them? You find them in the megachurch. We need them out Spending in this money. organization like this to make a difference. Yeah. Exactly. We so. we need that. And without and that, then, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I got a little, my ears perked up. I got so excited when I heard AXO. What does that stand for? AXO is an acronym. It stands for Afro uh, Cultural, uh, Afro Cultural Technology science olympics so that's our competition arm of the naacp and we have our youth coming up um we got a wonderful uh young lady that has accepted to be our health chair so we're going to be doing a lot in the community a lot of presence but we're still not going to forget what we founded on and that's advocacy and that's one thing that we will do we will continue to advocate educate um and uh, the new one is litigate. Okay. <laughs> and, um, so, and, ag- and aggravate. Ag- and, and aggravate. And agitate. And, and, yeah. yeah, and aggravate. So that's what we do with the NAACP. We ask people to get on board. Um, you know, Daryl mentioned earlier about their phones. Young people find stuff with their phones, but they need to find the NAACP. Mm. Don't sit back and say, what are y'all doing to bring young people in? Let me tell you, if, um, who's a young person? Beyonce was to throw a concert or somebody. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> they she have. ain't telling you to come. You looking on your phone and you going to you gonna find it. You going to find it. You need to find this. If you got any pigmentation in your skin and you look up in the mirror every morning and realize you're still black, you need to come on board. But let me talk about this community forum that's coming up at Middleton tomorrow. All right. At Middleton tomorrow at 530, the door is open. So come on board with it. and listen to these candidates because that's powerful. Follow us on Facebook, um, on social media, Twitter, everything. Look it up. We're doing things. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, thank you so much for being here. Mm-hmm. Come on back. We're going to talk some more. Almost All definitely. Right. All right. We're going to talk some more. We're going to keep up what's going on. Um, I love it. I love it. I'm glad listen. you guys were here today. Thank you. Listen, I'm sorry for those folks who were waiting online. Uh, we we cannot get to you today. You can write us. But you can write us. You can write <laughs> us. Uh, and, and remember now, you can also watch us on Facebook. 
and you can put your, your comments there as well. So you're welcome to do that as well. But we're sorry we couldn't get to you today. This was very important was to speak to our, our our president and first vice president of the NAACP, Yvette and Daryl. Thank you so much for being here with Thanks us today that, Walter. on the Sunday Thank Forum. Um, hey, listen, folks. Uh, Mabili? Yes, sir. Um, I, I got to tell everybody thank you for all the birthday wishes. Appreciate it. Yours mm-hmm. truly turned 50 on Friday. Ooh. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to three. the club, brother. Welcome to the club. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much, brother. Thank you very much. Glad to be here because uh, the alternative is unthinkable. <laughs> hey, listen, folks, I want to I thank you for joining us here on the Sunday Forum. Uh, and as always, from my voice to the radio waves, to the hearts and the minds of the people, we love you. And there's absolutely nothing you can do about it here on the Sunday Forum. We're going to go out to the sound of Brother Talib Kweli and get by. Yeah. Yeah. WMNF Tampa. Post Martin Hoot Nanny is coming your way next. We go to episodes too, like Attack of the Clones. What till we break a bag and you hear the crack of the bones? Just to get by, just to get by, just to get by, just to get by. We commute to computer spirits, stay mute while your ego spread rumors. We survival layers, turn to consumers. Just to get by, just to get by, just to get by, just to get by. Why some people gotta live in a trailer? Cause like a sailor, I paint a picture with the pen like Norman Miller. Me and Weller raised three daughters all by herself. With no help, I'm thinking about the struggle and I find the strength of myself. These words melt in my mouth, they hot like the jail cell in the south. Before my core bailed me out. Just to get by, just to get by, just to get by, just to get by. Do a die like Ben 